is the way a episode breakdown of the mandalorian uh no yes it's childhood ruined uh closing in on episode 40 this is episode 39 it's only a small gap between hey we do what we do <laughs> i'm one of your hosts michael mallon joining me is chris benefield hello yeah we were just discussing one my blank list for our episode which is now no longer blank Right. Uh, we have an agenda of sorts. Awesome. And yeah, it's been, I don't even know how long it's been. It's been a few months of COVID time, which is probably five years. Right. It, I mean, it does. It feels like we recorded like eight months ago, even if it's actually been like three months ago. So. Yeah, I've been to the ER. You've mm-hmm. been back to in-person school which sounds more harrowing than my trip (laughs) you know it's uh it's it's just what it is like you don't really think about it probably like medical professionals don't really think about it but it's it's a little weird yeah so it's it's good to be back good to be in in communication with you, we, we've had a few shared social distancing events over mm-hmm. weeks, uh, including a foray into a movie theater, which was, I think, Appar- safe appar- and exciting. But I was going to say, apparently controversial. <laughs> very controversial. Um, it's it's tough because I mean, posting things on social media or Facebook, Twitter, and saying like, hey, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. There's always this risk reward of, well, why are you doing that? That's not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so people might judge that or I, I got some feedback from somebody that said, hey, like what going to a movie theater isn't safe right now. You shouldn't be promoting that. There's people that follow you and you should be more responsible. And I said, oh, that's that's an interesting take. And mm-hmm. didn't get defensive about it. I was just like, well, I mean, that's a valid point in some ways. And at the same time, I'm trying to do everything very carefully, given my health history. Right. Uh, but that context is lost if I just post like, hey, I took my kid to see a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the context is it was like myself, three other families were spread out in one theater and yep. we're all wearing masks. So is that more risky than staying home? Sure. Um, still think it's fairly responsible. Right. What was Because I, I had queued you into that today. What were your thoughts about that? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, if you're going to post to Twitter and you have any sort of following, which I definitely do not, uh, you're going to get a hot take or two. So, you know, that's... I welcome that's, the hot takes. That's going to happen. And yeah, I mean, unless and, you know, kind of the whole point of Twitter is little bite size comments. So it's kind of hard to, you know, write everything that you just said into a concise tweet that anybody is going to bother to read. So, I mean, I have I you know, I didn't go to the movie uh, uh, this past weekend only because. I didn't have a small child to bring with me. So. <laughs> so you could have brought your inner child to watch How to Train Your Dragon. You know, it's as you time. said, there, there's a slight risk each time you do it. And each person that comes in there adds another little bit of risk. And then as we've already alluded to, I feel like of our circle of friends, I am one of the higher risk people to walk into that situation because I have to go be around – you know, a lunchroom full of, again, space kids doing our best, but without their masks, eating their lunches. And, uh, you know, I, I worry about being the vector of infection for a, a whole bunch of people. You come in rolling in your Star Trek red shirt uniform like, hey, guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> what's happening? So I, I went to the earlier showing of Aliens, which was uh, really before school had gotten 
going? It was mid-September because it was this kind of combination event for uh, my wife and I. I'm the first day of September. She's the last day of September. So we yeah. sort of split the difference and had some friends out to a movie theater, which we had just rented the one theater. So there's no other people we didn't know there. Right. And, and spread and, out and... Yeah. And at that point, like my one school hadn't started at the one that I ended up doing lunch duty at. And the other one, I was basically only doing kind of behind the scenes stuff. Like I had essentially mixed with nobody at that point. So I was like, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think my basic take on it is that there, every, it's, you know, I feel like we've had this conversation about any number of things that were like, well, everybody has blind spots and everybody has been, and this is kind of another one of those things of like, everybody is doing their best in a situation that's pretty insane, pretty unlike what most people in this world have had to deal with when it comes to COVID and make their best decisions in a complete and utter vacuum of like, <laughs> any sort of national leadership or plan or, you know, what? end in sight. So, you know, we all have to make some decisions about risk reward when it comes to this. And I don't begrudge anybody whose decision is, you know, I'm, I have a risk factor here or just I'm of a certain age and I'm not going to do anything or see anybody until this is over. And I don't really begrudge people that are like, I'm going to completely lose my mind trying to do that. I have to take some, you know, uh, calculated risks for myself here. I think where it does get a little bit tricky is trying to decide when are you doing kind of what you need to do for yourself and when are you doing something that, puts other people at risk and that's that's where i start to you know right get concerned about what people are doing is when they're sort of selfishly putting others at risk and you know where you again it gets tricky exactly where you draw that line so. yeah i mean we hosted a weekend before a wedding in our backyard for my sister-in-law and her partner yep which was was great there was like maybe 10 people outside no one really came in the house much except to kind of be in and out, use the restroom. And I think we did the best we could with, with social distancing. But even that, telling neighbors about it felt awkward. But mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you're setting up for something. I'm like, yeah, we're having a wedding out here. And I could just see like the look in their eyes, like sort of tilting their head like, oh. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, there's just 10 people and we're all staying outside and social distancing. But I, I feel that need to have to explain it. Yeah. Let me tell you about my super spreader event. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to come over to your neighborhood. And so, I mean, that was good, but I ended up getting sick from that event, not COVID, but, um, you overdid it. Overdid it. Probably just, I was very busy that day. Very active. It was cold outside. Who knows? Uh, but I ended up getting cellulitis for like the third time in my life in my leg, which sucked. So I was out of commission for like a week, um, but could still work because I'm working from home. So I didn't miss any time from work, but lucky you. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. I, I think I'm on the tail end of that now. So feeling better. Um, but I did end up going to the hospital and had a COVID test was negative. So that was sort of good news. But the bad news is, is like I had this infection, uh, always something yep sorry if people are hearing the cat in the background that, that they love Sophie the cat they love you decided clinking, to join the show <laughs> clinking your beverage it's all good you know right i tried to give a little ambiance you know make you feel like you're you're right here with us so yeah we're trying to make sense of this whole covid thing there's the we're recording this on the eve of the election um uh, best of luck to everyone. I'm hoping <laughs> I've tried to do my my part. I think in the last election, I volunteered more and did phone banking and stuff like that. This one, I, I think just the, the mental capacity I didn't have for that. But I've been donating more to specific races, both nationally and locally. And we have yard signs out and I'm, I'm hopeful that things go in a good direction. I, I don't think it's going to happen quietly and cleanly, though. 
Uh, clearly, stores near me agree with you because they're boarding up like it's uh, <clears throat> June all over again. So, yeah, buddy, out in New New Jersey, like in Atlantic City, they're doing similar things where boarding up stores and just kind of preparing for unrest. And he asked me, he's like, have you ever seen this before? I was like, for an election? No, for a sporting event? Sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, which I don't know what that says about us as a people. Right. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, the Super Bowl? Sure, that makes sense. But uh-huh. <laughs> it's, uh, I think everyone's just on edge with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, not everyone. I mean, I think people that were in our circles are nervous. Oh, for sure. I, and I, it's not just our circles. I mean, it's, it's a lot of people I've, I'm hearing like, you know, what your, what's your election night plan, but it's more like, you know, what's your safety plan for, <laughs> for your own mental health. And... Goodness. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be watching and I'm sure I'll be up till three in the morning because that's what I did last time. And that's what uh, I'll I, do this time. I can't do it. I, you know, I have to get up and go, you know, be a school counselor. So I will, I'm sure watch some, I mean, to be honest with you, my original plan was to mostly ignore it and enjoy take no Tuesday on club quarantine. Uh, but that has been taken from me at least temporarily. So we've talked about your, your club quarantine peeps and community before. Yep. And, uh, I think you got thrown a curveball here recently, but also an opportunity, which is, uh, right. So I was getting ready for bed last night and listening to deep Sunday and, talking to people as I'm wont to do and, you know, was about to go to bed. And, uh, Dave said, you know, the next time I'm on, I'm going to make an announcement. So I was like, Oh, I'll stick around to see what the announcement is. Usually it's, you know, uh, like a special guest playing in an upcoming thing. And so waited around and instead he was announcing that, uh, he has streamed for, I think the total number for club quarantine since March is like 739 hours. Uh, and the vast majority of that is him. Wow. Like, not all of it, but most of it. A lot of, a uh, lot of streaming, a lot of planting. That, that's a lot of hours. And I probably explained this before, you know, way back when we talked about it, I know I've said it to people like part of the reason I initially tuned in was a, I recognize his name and I enjoyed all the weird little quirky, um, streams on twitch but then i like started noticing that like he was on and then he was on again the next night and then he was on again the next night and i was on for hours and hours and hours and i was like oh man i think <laughs> i think dave dresden's losing it a little bit with the, the you know the early days of the pandemic and so that was part of why i tuned in just just out of curiosity like what is he doing for five and six hours on... can i call the authorities or help right. is he okay yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, he uh, he needs a break, which is completely understandable. I fully support that. And then as I wrote in the chat last night, and I also may need wellness checks while <laughs> he is away because, um, you know, it's it's very much become like a something that I can kind of set my watch by, like set my week by that, you know, the four nights of that and seeing the familiar air quotes faces. I've gotten to know people pretty well. And you posted some like when it was warmer at some socially distanced viewing parties out back and we've had a good time. I don't. Did we talk about it last time where we were coloring shoes and arts <laughs> you know, and crafts in the backyard while Club Quarantine 100 or 150 was going? Yeah, that was 100. I, you know, I can't remember relative to when we last did this if that had happened or not. But yeah, I host a little outdoor event on the patio, which I think is mostly it's like me and like five other somewhat bemused people as to why they're there and what they're watching, but. <laughs> We're doing what? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned an opportunity and I have been meaning to sort of play with streaming on Twitch and doing 
you know, like a DJ music stream, which is a highly unoriginal idea at this point, but um, done before, right? Uh, like but I streaming Hearthstone. Who? What? <laughs> I I casually mentioned once or twice in chat that I was thinking about doing it, and I've gotten some support, including from some of like the moderators and people that have kind of helped him figure out the technical side of things. So I'm hoping within the next week or so to give it a run and see if anybody actually shows up. Sorry, I have a cat now nuzzling the microphone. Don't know how much that's coming through, but. Oh, good. I good. see it too, but right. <laughs> but our our, our, our many listeners can't see it. Um, so yeah, I I hope that that all comes together, and you know, even if it's five or six people hanging out, that would actually be pretty enjoyable to me. I mean, I'm the kind of person that will happily sit around for a night and you know have a beer and just put records on the record player so if a half a dozen people want to come and have a conversation with me while i play some music that'll be fine and if anything more than that comes of it then then cool when you're uh you know one of the guests uh, club quarantine 7000 <laughs> at red rocks right it'll all that, be worth it that would be uh that would be a thing. I, I, I don't don't really expect anything of that nature. But if uh, even if it can become a regular thing that a handful of people want to show up for, that would that would be really fun. So I'm interested to see how it goes. Well, two things you mentioned, uh, and I talk about this in my work all the time, is that consistency where you know the specific times, these days of the week, you can turn this on and likely see some of the same people get a similar type of experience and it's enjoyable mm -hmm. and that is nothing to sneeze at these days yep it's hard it's hard to find it's hard to find joy in this world <laughs> uh i mean yeah i think it, it has been challenging for everybody and to different degrees so and this has been like a huge part of that i mean there's you know i <clears throat> If people are listening and they're familiar with Twitch just in general, they may still be even a bit bemused because if you tune into the average gaming stream and uh, watch the chat, like tends to be toxic. pretty toxic. Um, a lot of somewhere ranging from just inane to dumpster fire. Um, there's there's some exceptions to that. There's some people in the, that have built like pretty good Twitch gaming communities that you know value like people actually being respectful and having fun and blah blah blah. But they're they are few and far between. Even among like the the really popular streamers, usually you don't want to mess with the chat you're there for the the uh the person that's doing the streaming and the content not so much for anything happening in chat which is why it took me a while to catch on with with club quarantine but it is a it's a really good group of people and, and chat is almost always great gotten to know people there's probably a good like 40 50 people that i could tell you like you know where they're from what they do in some cases i still can't tell you what their real name is <laughs> like that's important right. know their handle that's all that matters. i mean still to this day there's like frequently revelations between like the the chat and then the the facebook group of like wait a minute oh you're, that's you or like there is a person that like we realize like four months into this like wait a minute you're a woman like <laughs> something about how they present themselves had caused like, the entire community to misgender them as oh, no. <laughs> as a dude and it was in fact a, <laughs> a woman and we we're just all completely blown away and like trying to figure out like why did we attach gender to like what you See? were saying yeah <laughs> Well, and you you mentioned this in passing the other day, but I think you said you're moderating some of these or side meetings with some of the folks on Twitch. Well, yeah, there's a lot of um, 
club quarantine adjacent streams now. So the last two Gabriel and Dresden albums were released on Anjuna Beats, which is or at least distributed by I guess I don't fully remember what that relationship is because I know they uh, kickstarted one of their albums, but I think eventually they were both released on Anjuna Beats. That is above and beyond's label. So a lot of dance artists on that that have been guests in the stream that have their own streams. And then there's people that are in our chat that also, you know, are Twitch streamers and DJs and or have decided because of being there, they wanted to start it. So there's one of those streams that are, you know, people that were big in our chat that are now trying to make a go of it that I've become a, a moderator for theirs. All helping each other out. Easiest moderating ever. It's like such a polite community. I don't, I've never had to do anything with it, but it's been interesting to see what that looks like when you're a moderator and have those those abilities in the in a stream. In terms of age range, is it all kind of folks? I mean, is it spread out or? It is, but you know, at some point, Dave himself said, uh, "You know, you guys are uh, older than who comes out to see us for actual shit." <laughs> Like it definitely skews to kind of our age demographic. And I don't know precisely why that is like, obviously part of it may be that, you know, Gabriel Dresden have been around for a while. Like people that have been into them since the beginning would be closer to our age. Um, but it still doesn't fully explain it. I don't completely understand what the common denominator is for that. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, again, there's a wide range of people. There's lots of people in their 20s and 30s, but there are a lot of people kind of right around our ages for whatever reason. I'll take loneliness for 600, Alec. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe but then I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. From, I, I mean, maybe it's partially like why you've gravitated to it, because it's like something predictable and enjoyable and a positive community. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure all these things are true and – I'm just a little – I'm still not fully clear on how people found it. Like I, I know the very first stream that he did was on Facebook, and it got – Facebook was not welcoming to a DJ playing, and so it, it basically got shut down, and then he immediately moved it to Twitch. So I know some amount of people saw it on Facebook and then just came to Twitch because of that and like had never been to Twitch before. Um but like how everybody else has found us and like what the common denominator is, I, I don't know. Because until COVID, I feel like music was a pretty small slice of what was happening on Twitch. And now, it, you know, not that it's, you know, rivaling Ninja stream for numbers or anything, but I feel like it's become a lot, you know, more of the the percent of what's happening on Twitch. I mean, I'm sure it's still well, small. Well, they just had a big thing about copyright, music, and all that, which is a different story, but... Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think it's kind of unrelated, but it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts all the music producers that are um, streaming on Twitch, because they, you know, are streaming music that would be potentially subject to that. It's just not the huge mainstream type stuff that's been getting flagged so far, so... Right. So a hiatus for now. Yeah. And allegedly really just for, you know, he's going to play, they're going to have a big blowout this weekend. So it's like two to three weeks off. Um, but, You're uh, hoping. <laughs> well, he said that like, you know, he's David, Dre Dave Dresden has, other half is Josh Gabriel and Josh Ted told him he thinks he should take longer off, but he's like, well, I'm a DJ at heart. I think I'll be back the, f the first week of December. So fingers crossed. I mean, honestly, do whatever you need to do. Like I would much rather have him take a month and a half off and then come back refreshed and keep doing this so we can get through however much more of pandemic isolation we have. But um, it's going to be great. It's going to be over. It's going to after after the election, it's just going to go away. They're going to stop talking about it. Yep. Yep. Um, be that as it may, uh, I suspect that I'm going to need it for uh, any number of, of additional months. So I hope he's back right away in December because it's, you know, important to me. But whatever he needs to do. Yeah, I've been kind of preparing for 
this time of year, which is always a bit of a struggle in, in Minnesota, given that it gets cold, it's dark, and now you're sort of taking out all the indoor stuff you can do safely um, for the most part. So I've been getting books to stockpile to kind of go through uh, some video games that I figured like, oh, that'll be fun. I'll play those. And my thing that I've been sort of obsessed with lately is Hades. <laughs> Y'all acting like crack is so bad. <laughs> Got any more of that Hades? Um, so I was mostly excited about getting Squadrons, the Star Wars uh, kind of X-Wing TIE Fighter game. Because I've been waiting for a decent, like, next-gen version of that since the 90s, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one had, it just, like, the previews for it looked good. I was like, yeah, it should be right up my alley. Like, I know it was kind of all multiplayer all the time, which I was like, eh, I don't really love that. But I'm just excited to play a game like that again. And I had this big... <laughs> trials and tribulations to get a joystick that worked with my computer and that was like a hurdle that because i couldn't get one easily it became more of a thing and i finally got one of them and got the game and and played it a few times like the first few days i got it and then right around the same time i got hades for the switch Mm -hmm. which is just much more convenient to play in little bite-sized chunks and Mm -hmm. the more i played that game the more i got into it and just take a little hit and then and that has been pretty much all come back again later. All I'm doing in my free time now is playing Hades because the the game design behind it just I find pretty fascinating how they've really created this incredibly satisfying gameplay loop that rewards my time as a player. And I know I've been on this podcast before with you complaining about other games that really disrespect my time. <laughs> like rowing like rowing like god of war which go back earlier this summer i'm sure i was r- railing about that a little bit hmm. um like i like god of war it was a good game but at the same time it just it by design forced you to backtrack i guess some people have said like oh well that's like what castlevania games do or legend of zelda it's like you don't realize what you need to do in this area until you get more stuff Right. Which is fine, but that's not why I'm playing God of War. It's like they just turned it into a different type of game that I don't really want to play. And and Hades just has it even if you are terrible at the game, you get rewarded each time by these little nuggets of dialogue or you collect stuff that you can use to upgrade a million things. Um the gameplay is very satisfying, the graphics are cool, the characters are really interesting. Uh, the music's good, but it. I, I feel like somebody on that team is a behavioral person or <laughs> like they consulted with a psychologist or they're aware of different schedules of reinforcement because mm. it just gives you doses of that all the time. But it's not. It's not really manipulative. So it has like we've talked about, I think, loot crates before mm-hmm. in video games where it's like you save up some type of economy within the game or real money and you purchase these loot crates and you get stuff that unlocks stuff in the game. And almost anytime you play through Hades, each room is just, it's different. So you're going to get something that's a reward, but each time it changes almost like a right. lot, almost like a lottery. So like this idea of a loot crates built into the game, but you don't have to pay any more money for it. It's just part of the experience. Right. And then those things combine in different ways to kind of create a different experience each time. Yeah, and there's different weapons. So it reminds me a lot of playing Diablo 2, which back in the day I played for probably more hours than I needed to. Uh, Can we just pause for a second right here for me to complain about something? Please. Because I wanted to say Diablo 2 Electric Boogaloo, and can I just say thank you so much for a crappy right-wing movement to ruin me being able to say anything to Electric Boogaloo without having some sort of negative connotation now? I think you can still say it. I think you just have to reclaim it. Yeah, we're going to have to take it back, but it it does annoy me. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, I mean, they did burn down a police precinct. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and blames it on other people. So right. there's that, uh, which is not good. Um, so with Diablo, it's this very 
rinse, repeat, go kill a bunch of things, power up, you know, come back to town, whatever. And the thing about Diablo was, I think it was once you kind of set on like, well, this is the kind of character I'm building. It was hard to reset. Like you almost have to start up a new character or play a different class and go through the game that way. Um, Hades, each run, there's different weapons you can unlock. And then within those weapons, there's they do different things depending on how you allocate this. It's called Titan Blood, but um, like there's four different kinds of bow and arrows, but they do four different types of skills, and each one changes the way you approach the game and enemies a little bit. There's a shield, there's a sword, there's um, a gun rocket launcher of sorts. So each time you play the game, you can pick, you know what, I, I just feel like using the sword, and I'll do that. Or next time you go through, it's like, ah, I want to use the bow and try to be more you know, distance-based. Um, but it gives you that choice. You don't have to reset a bunch of skills or feel like you're wasting time. Um, it just gives you, the, it gives you so many options. Um, but then each run is maybe... 30 minutes to an hour and actually just kind of going the rooms, clearing the dungeons. And then it, you either get out or you don't, and then you start all over again. But each time you're advancing the story, which is, it's just really well done. It's very impressive. So do you think there'll be DLC for this? Like, is there going to be crazier and crazier weapons that you can then? I don't know. I, I think the game's been out for quite some time and just lately it's, I think I'm coming to it late in some mm -hmm. ways. Um, so this is the company Supergiant Games that did Bastion. I don't know if you remember that game on the Xbox. See, it's funny. Uh, Will right away said when we watched somebody play it a little bit that like it really reminded him of Bastion, which I didn't know that it actually was the the same people. So. And Bastion was great, and it had a it, it used a narrator very well. And this game yep. does the same thing; has some narration, and it's really funny. Like, is that your cat or yes, a chupacabra or something in the background? No, it's my cat. I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> Sorry. But the other thing is, it's based on like these gods that we're probably all familiar with in some way—the mythology of it and how they all interact. Um, and there's this there's very good like art and illustration for each character. The voice acting is a little bit different. Like some of them are just really funny. There's memes out there that they're all incredibly attractive and thirst traps. <laughs> <laughs> so there's these spliced videos of different streamers, like reacting when they first meet these gods and they're like, mm -hmm. Oh, this person's hot and all this stuff. <laughs> um, so it's just a fun game and it, it's, like I, you, we were getting ready to record, and I was like, "Yeah, just let me know when you're ready." You're like, "Yeah, it'll be a few minutes." So I was like, "All right, I'll just Hades it up." <laughs> and you're, like, <laughs> you're like, "I'm gonna be there in two minutes, not 20." And I was like, "Well, you can actually still make meaningful progress in the game and enjoy it in two minutes, or you could sit down for 45 minutes and kind of go through it for a while." Right. Um, and being laid up last week with cellulitis just gave me a lot of time to be like, "Well, I'm gonna sit on the couch, put my feet up, and..." go through the game yeah i mean i i feel like it's definitely been a phenomenon over the last i don't know three to four weeks like um i don't watch that many gaming streams anymore because you know as we've already mentioned a certain stream takes up all my time but um but i've i've noticed the amount of like you know obviously like among us has been a huge thing um over kind of the same time period a little bit longer but a lot of people playing hades as well so i don't know when it came out but it's definitely kind of caught on as a phenomenon over the last month or so and i didn't read a, a preview or anything about it i just again kind of i get a lot of my information for better or for worse from twitter <laughs> definitely worse <laughs> definitely worse <laughs> but it was just a lot like because i follow people for hearthstone and like Star Wars stuff, and there's quite a few political things I follow and like, sports things. And there were people from like various spheres that don't overlap that were kind of talking about the game and really um, gushing about it. Just to the point where I was like, oh, it's on Twitch and it's not, it's on a uh, Switch, and I can, it's pretty cheap. I'll buy it and see see what it's like. Um, so it was kind of, it's been fun going into a game that blind. 
mm-hmm. in some ways and, and playing it. And just the more you play it, like it's just very it's it's got a lot of depth to it too. Like your goal for a while is like, well, you're trying to escape hell. You're trying to get a, get out, get away from Hades. And eventually, I did that, which feels like, oh, I won the game. And then you kind of realize, like, oh, this is just the start of the game. Right. It's very, very satisfying loop and something that's very enjoyable. What is going on at your house? There's a cat, like, attacking something in my son's room. And I'm trying to discourage it. Nice. Because it can't be good news. Uh, and the other thing that's come out that we're both into is The Mandalorian. Yep. So. All right, hold on. I got to pause and take care of this. I'm going to be distracted the rest of the time. No, we're going to keep it all in. It's going to be cool. <laughs> Well, that's fine, but I'm going to still pause for one I'm second. I'm just going to keep talking about Hades while you're gone. So I'm going to be on a Hades podcast soon, which I'm excited about. It's a podcast called Hidden Aspects, which is a, a reference to the weapons in the game, because each weapon has different aspects that you can activate where they have different powers and there's a final aspect for each weapon that's hidden that you have to unlock through some type of story sequence of events uh so i'm going to be recording that next week i think on the 8th and i don't know when it'll come out afterwards but sometime in november let's just tell the audience i'm going to be on a hades podcast oh sweet yes (laughs) you know you're going to be on club quarantine i'm going to be on a hades podcast <laughs> if I ever appear on Cloud Quarantine, that'll, that'll be good times. But yeah, The Mandalorian, what'd you think? Episode Chapter 9. So, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I feel like there was a lot of gushing about it on social media before I got a chance to watch it. That Ooh, maybe hot take. Raised... I, I sense a hot take. Well, no, I just kind of raise my expectations to the point of kind of like when I got to the end, I was like, Oh, well that was good. But like, I was, I don't know. I was sort of expecting some sort of, uh, I don't even know what word I want to use here, but, uh, but no, it was good. Yeah. I didn't read much about the season. Like I know certain actresses or actors were cast and kind of rumors of who they're playing, but I didn't watch the trailer for the new season when they released a couple weeks ago. I was just like, eh, I'll, I'll see the show, and that way I won't be spoiled on anything. Um, I think they just nail the tone of, of Star Wars in a good way. I 100% agree. There is something about it that very much feels like a, you know a new show and new content while also very much somehow capturing exactly what it felt like maybe exactly is too too much right. but a lot of what it felt like in 1980 to be a Star Wars fan like there's something about it that feels very much like the original trilogy in terms of tone and just any number of things like yeah and i i read a good i think this was part of uh the website the ringer they have a few writers that i think write in a a intelligent or interesting way about star wars and i think it was there where they said it seems clear that the mandalorian is inspired by the same things and like the original star wars was inspired by lucas of westerns and samurai films and things like Mm -hmm. that whereas the most recent star wars film seemed to be inspired by star wars (laughs) which i thought was an interesting take and like i think that's kind of what i meant when i said just the tone feels right it doesn't seem like it there's some inside referential stuff that that was some of the episodes last season got pretty loud that i found a little annoying like the first time they were in Tatooine, there was like so many references to lines of dialogue and stuff. It was just like, ugh. Like, it felt a little bit much, but this one, like they're on Tatooine again, and yes, that's sort of a, a well they go back to. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it felt pretty fresh. I mean, they pulled from a lot of video games. I remember like the Great Dragon. I think that's how you sort of kill it in Knights of the Old Republic back in... Back in the day, you have to like 
lure it out of its cave and you blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, kind of sort of fun to, to see, but they, they find a way to kind of just keep it simple, introduce a new character here or there, bring back an old faction, but it doesn't seem super heavy-handed. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I, I'm like you. There's been a moment here and there that I'm kind of like, uh, because... And it's not even really their fault. Like, if this were the first Star Wars we were getting, like, you know, post-original trilogy, like, we would just be losing our minds over it. But because there's been so much, you know, self-referential and so much tying together, everybody is related to everybody, even though it's a giant galaxy, somehow everybody is always somebody's father and you know, just all of the problems that right. the subsequent Star Wars movies have had, like we're sensitive to those. <laughs> like we want the fan service, but you got to do it in a really, really subtle, cool way, man. Like, <laughs> so. And even like, oh, there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine. Okay, well, it's going to be Boba Fett. And it's like a little bit of a red herring where, no, it's this other guy. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's pulled from different novels and stuff and comic books, which I, I wasn't really aware of that this character existed in the expanded universe in some way. Yep, me neither. Um, and our, our friend Grant, he had posted a picture of art for this character. That's like decades old and it's like, yep. it looks exactly like the guy. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty freaky. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen that actor in much other stuff. I know he's been a marshal on like every show imaginable. Um, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant, but I, if that's how you pronounce his name, I could be mispronouncing it. I think that's right. Though I've heard like Justified is good and Deadwood was good, but I've never watched those shows. But he was great. Like he was in uh, the whole like our townspeople are going to work with the Tuscan Raiders. It's like it just felt like a D and D campaign. It was like, <laughs> hey, there's this big evil thing that we all have to band together and fight, and it. You would see it that way. Well, no, I, that's the one thing I wrote about on Twitter. It was like, hey, we're going to introduce a new character uh, who has a famous artifact and with a known faction, and then we're going to create a really big threat. It's like that's sort of how you DM a game. You just sort of throw some things out there and let players run with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. And I don't know where the rest of the season's going. I assume that character at the end is... Boba Fett, but it, there's a couple other options it could be. Mm-hmm. I like that actor, so... Yeah, I, I just think it's all been really well done. Like, you know, it's it's all sort of quintessential Star Wars that you can... I've been watching with my son, so it can be enjoyed by a pretty wide range of ages. There's enough tidbits here and there that, you know, old school Star Wars people enjoy it. Clearly, the people that are doing it are big fans, but also pretty good at, you know, making entertainment and are are walking that line really successfully so far. Yeah. (laughs) It's fun to have like a Star Wars thing to talk about that's not like super controversial. It's not people arguing about whether it sucked or it was awesome and here's why. It's like when I when I bring up anything about episode 9 and people are like, "Oh, jeez, here we go again. <laughs> Haven't you let this go?" <laughs> yep, it's true. And I start talking about Force Ghost uh Anakin and Oh my god. There we go. There yeah. we go. <laughs> But no, after all of the stops and starts and frustrations for, you know, people that grew up on Star Wars and it's, you know, the original trilogy is really near and dear to both of our hearts. It's 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 nice to have something that just so far has been, you know, it's not like it's Citizen Kane or something, but it's been really consistently good, fun Star Wars. Like it's what Star Wars should be. Yeah. And it, it feels sort of simple. Which, again, is what Star Wars should be. When you get a little too high concept, you're you're starting to get into trouble. Yeah. When you create a bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of plot lines, like, 
you know, I don't know, you were the showrunner for Lost and then all those things get don't really get tied up and whatnot. It's very unsatisfying. <laughs> now you're just baiting me. <laughs> so sitting there with your drink baiting me. Uh, Sorry no, for we... that ding. I forgot to turn Facebook off. And, uh, you should be. Um, and it's someone who's talking politics, so I'm just going to turn that off. <laughs> uh... Somebody talk about taxes. And, you know, I don't understand why people are voting for Biden because they're just voting for a tax increase. And I just wrote back. I said, hey, if you're making over $400,000 a year, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to not be snarky and I failed. <laughs> and my reward is getting interrupted during a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I, I've been punished. Way to go. Lesson is learned. Yep. Uh, so more Mando, more uh, hopefully reading. I have, is it in here? Where did I put it? Oh, it might be on the, it's on the, my den. I got the uh, uh, Pearl Jam book. Ah, yes. I have to read. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's kind of a uh, biography about the band and sort of their place in things over the years. And I reached out to the publishing company and the author and said, hey, I have a podcast and I'd be happy to interview you about this. Is it possible to get a review copy? And they said yes, so... I have to read it before this uh, interview takes place later in the month. I have all these these forty fives here that I've given you. That, yeah, and, and frankly, I kind of forgot that I had them, and now they're sitting in my in my schnazzy new forty five uh, holder, taunting me. I've been trying to hold out so that you can come listen to them with me instead of me listening to them by myself. In fairness, there is a pandemic. No, yeah, I wasn't saying that critically. I just, you know. <laughs> The other one, the box set that I gave you, I want to hear it too. I've never heard those. Yeah, I did listen to a little bit of just like the original album on that. And it sounded great. Yeah. I I hopefully didn't, the records didn't get moldy like the case. The The records are fine. The inside of the case is a different story. A little banged up. (laughs) I I really thought it was artwork. Like I thought it was like artwork of a crowd on the inside of the box. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I looked at it closer and I was like, yeah, that's mold. (laughs) You might want to throw that out. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Now I forget what that was. It was, I think around the Pearl Jam 20 they had a big box set of their albums and some live performances on vinyl. And I think it was like, oh, I'll get that. And then at some point I'll get a record player. And just that never happened. Uh, I've tried. I have two right now that you can have. You but. have an equal, if not a, a larger force on the other end, who was very much against that. And <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the name of my wife. Who uh, doesn't want us to be collecting any kind of physical media that takes up space? Well, you know, <clears throat> when the everything collapses, she's gonna wish she had some records to listen to. Well, yeah, yeah when the when the uh, <laughs> cloud goes down and no one has any media left, right? I'm sitting on a gold mine. It'll be me watching my clerk's cartoon DVDs and. <laughs> Laughing at the same jokes I laughed at 25 years ago. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, this was fun. This was good. Um, and we'll do it again at some point. Right. I mean, I, I feel think, like... I think earlier than at this rate, it would be January, which I feel like yeah. we can make... We can do it before January. I mean, we should. That doesn't mean that we always do. And you talked about consistency earlier when it comes to, like, expecting things and whatnot in terms of, like, enjoying them and then becoming more popular. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we might have more than, you know, our, our, our handful of loyal and wonderful, but still a handful of listeners if we did it more consistently, but... Um, well, like I said, it's it's an episode by episode breakdown of the Mandalorian. It's week in, week out. We're going to hit it hard. Talk about all the key references. Well, you bring that up, but I do think one thing that we could do 
we're both on the same page in that we've both been kind of saving games and media and whatnot to consume during the long, dark COVID winter. So that's maybe the name of a chapter in Lord of the Rings, long, dark. (laughs) (laughs) So that might be something we can kind of more regularly talk about as kind of what we're consuming and, you know, how we feel about it and whether we recommend it and whatnot. Because I, I know I've got quite the the anything streaming for the most part, like there's been one or two things like like The Mandalorian that I want to watch the, as soon as they are released. But there's a lot of things that I've very purposely left for, you know what seems like it could be kind of a, a lonely, lonely winter. So. Yeah, I've been threatening myself. Like, oh, yeah, I want to watch The Boys, and I haven't seen it yet, but that's on, on the list. Yeah, that'll be a good one. That's on the list. And, uh, yeah, so where where can folks find you if they want to find out about your club quarantine schedule that, you know, <laughs> as you take over for Dave? Uh, I mean, I still think that finding me at, at Geekzinga is a good place. I do retweet a lot of Club Quarantine related stuff there now. And should I start to stream regularly, I'll try to make a point of uh, posting those to to Twitter as well. But um, you can find me there or uh, I, I go by the completely um, mature handle of Bootius on, on Twitch. Now, is that, is that with two E's or no? B O O T E U S, Bootius, which goes back to a party long ago that you were at. I was can, at. can explain it sometime. But uh, I, I was going to maybe change it, and I got, you know, death threats from chat for, for changing it. So I, I guess I'm stuck with it. You so. got some, some pushback, as they said. Yeah, I got <laughs> some serious pushback about the idea of changing it. So. So, yeah, they can also find me there on Twitch should I start streaming. It won't, won't be too excited to find me as it is. but. Uh, and now, which I think you're aware of this, but we're on Spotify. Yeah. And so you can find Childhood Ruin on Spotify. We're on iTunes, uh, Podbean, maybe some other places I don't even know about. <laughs> 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 we're out <laughs> it's a chinese knockoff somewhere right. um but hit that subscribe button and uh right if you do listen to the show if you like it don't like it let us feedback's always a good uh a good fuel for these happening for these to happening more often i enjoy a healthy respectful debate right <laughs> like hey i don't think you should be going to the movies like, oh, <laughs> right. i hadn't thought about that's, that one. that's not safe yet um I process pretty much everything I do get get sent back my way, for better or for worse. Um, stay safe, sir. I know you're out there at school and doing all that and interacting with people, so hope that goes well. Yeah, uh, you do the same. You, <laughs> you have a little higher risk threshold than I do. So. Well, our, our son's in daycare, and I even know that's a, a risky proposition potentially, but we're uh we're hanging in there so far so Good. until next time maybe even next week see what hey, happens i mean let me check my calendar it's pretty pretty full well we hopefully we get some some positive news in the next 24 to 36 hours and that might bring a a lightness to things <laughs> that would be helpful All right, so have a good night yeah you too